The Business Buzz Podcast. The Business Buzz with Mudiwa Mokjustus Gabaza. Good day and welcome to the Business Buzz for a weekly dose of business, finance and economics news right here on Vow FM. That's Voice of It's broadcasting live from our studios right here in Bramfontein, Johannesburg. My name is Mdiwa Mob Justice Kavaza and I'll be your host for today. Now, who's to say that the world of uh, business can't be entertaining? Definitely make sure you hold on to your seats as we t- uh, seek to keep you entertained, educated and intrigued about the world of uh, business. Now, for today, you know, we are going to be getting into, you know, some uh, issues around uh, vaccination uh, in and around South Africa. But before uh, we get into uh, any and all of that, we're going to be getting uh, just uh, reflecting on uh, some of the things that have been happening this week. And uh, one of the big things is the fact that um, we have uh, the Fees Must Fall uh, protests uh, continuing. Um, It's been some time now that uh, university students have been calling uh, for university fees to either come down or for the government to shoulder uh, more of the burden. Uh, this has been, you know, ongoing for a number of years now, and uh, we see that uh, that uh, that type of action has uh, crept up again, especially as students are seeking to start uh, the academic year. Well, hopefully, we'll get to touch a little bit on it, but that's uh, definitely something that's happening. Uh, can the government come to the rescue of students? What can the government do? What can states do? And um, what can the private sector possibly do uh, to support the core? We wait to see what's actually going to happen, but uh, encouraged to say uh, that uh, education is necessary. Education is indeed necessary for the country to move forward economically and uh, private sector and public public sector needs to come together. Otherwise, uh, for today, uh, we are going to be touching on something that is of uh, equal uh, national importance. Um, and uh, something that is affecting um, the whole country and not necessarily just, uh, you know, a small pocket uh, pocket of everyone, and that is vaccination. And uh, more importantly, when it comes to the economy, are workplaces going to force their people to get vaccinated? What happens in a situation where a person is not vaccinated? These are the issues that we're going to be talking about. Can employers mandate for vaccinations? What are the... What are the possible um, rights uh, that uh, people have? Are there going to be exclusions that people are actually given out there if you are not, if you don't find yourself indeed vaccinated? You know, there's been some talk of late of could we be seeing a passport of some sort that actually serves to prove that a person has been vaccinated? If you want to go to, uh, you know, certain parts of the world, if you want to be employed, you know, because some people, if you've read job requirements, sometimes it says must have a driver's license you know so could we see a realistically a situation where it says must have a COVID-19 vaccination um, if you've ever traveled to parts of the world like East Africa uh, Kenya in particular you need a yellow yellow fever vaccine to get into uh, those parts of the world are these some of the things that we're going to be seeing happening um, in terms of uh, in terms of the economies in and around the world that is the discussion that we're going to be having and to help us to unpack some of these 
issues, we're going to be talking to Petronella Ngobo, who is uh, an HR practitioner and managing director at Change Managed Services, about the ethics and policies around uh, vaccinations in the workplace. And then we'll also talk to Oritonda uh, Rambuda, who is an attorney at uh, Rambuda and Associates in Rudaport around some of these issues. Otherwise, you can let us know what you think. Do you think this is where we're going, uh, where you're going to need to be vaccinated for you to uh, be able to have a, to get a job interview, to be able to work and play in the world? Uh, follow us uh, on Facebook. We have our FM Voice of Fits, our other Facebook pages, Fits Radio Academy. Let's engage. Let us know what you think. At VARFM on Twitter, and then our hashtag is hashtag business buzz. If you're not able to catch us on terrestrial, you can stream us live. That's VARFM.co.za. And remember that podcasts of the Business Buzz Show are available on vits.journalism.co.za forward slash business. So that's all the show is looking like for today. Uh, on the other side of this, we get into the business wrap. Keep it locked. This is the Business Buzz. Business Wrap with Lebo Pasha. In our business wrap, we look to give you the week's top trending business and economics news. And we are joined on the line by our financial expert. We have Lebo Pasha, who is uh, the general manager at uh, the African Management Institute. Lebo, greetings to you. Greetings to you, Mugiwa, and the Barfam listeners. In a while. And yes, it it certainly has been a while, and it's uh, you know it's good you know to be to be talking uh, you know once again uh, you know at these times. Uh, but uh, it's been uh, an interesting week in the economy. You know what do you have for us for today? Yeah, it's been a, a really interesting uh, period. Um, we sort of wouldn't say celebrating, but we um, reaching the anniversary sort of date of when the lockdown was implemented in South Africa. Uh, that's fast approaching. And um, with that, we are starting to see a lot of the statistics coming out, telling us how bad the lockdown has been. We heard recently about the um, 7% decline in the economy. We've also now heard about the manufacturing data. So um, definitely um, the food and beverage sector has been hit quite hard with a decline of about 4.9%. So uh, what have we seen out there? It's all the, the sectors that have been hit hard by COVID or the lockdown regulations, the petrochemical uh, industry, rubber and plastics as well, also quite down in a big way, almost 14%. And I guess, you know, uh, on that front, when it comes to the economy, because I remember a couple of weeks ago when the finance minister gave his budget speech, it sounds like uh, there's going to be some growth. You know, are you are you hopeful that this is like meaningful growth, that, you know, that can actually make changes for the country? Or is this sort of us just trying to claw back and try to get back to where we were before the lockdown? I think we, we're still trying to climb out of a hole. So um, definitely it's a big effort to try and throw back some sort of growth and recover. Um, and because of that, I think we, we're going to have to really come together, that is both the private sector and the public sector, to try and really get South Africa running again, um, get some GDP growth going, get the economy going again, um, and also start creating jobs because we've lost quite a lot of jobs throughout this period. 
And then the other one, you know, maybe just to get your sense, because I think right now it's something that uh, everyone is grappling with at the moment. Uh, there's uh, this fees must fall issue that's happening. It was an issue about, uh, I think they started, uh, if I remember correctly, 2015, 2016, it's been an issue. And now we have lockdowns. There's all of these things happening in and around the economy. Um, you know, what do you make of any potential progress on that front? Because if the the, if the country had been struggling uh, to come to the aid of students over these years, what more now when, you know, the fiscus is so constrained uh, because of the pandemic? So, yes, I think um, economic hardships usually um, precede uh, political hardships as well. In some cases, they, they overlap. And I think even some of the calculations and, and formulas that we put out with fees must fall of calculating who needs to get this government assistance and who is um, not poor enough. Even those are being impacted because we're seeing more and more uh, breadwinners in homes, um, the people producing the income, um, losing their jobs, and some of them getting pay cuts. So what that has meant is there's increasing pressure on uh, multiple sectors, including education, where um, students can afford less and this basically means they'll be excluded from uh, participating in education, higher education, and also helping us in future grow the economy. So it's, it's, a, it's a big catch-22. Um, I'm not sure how we're going to get out of it, but definitely a big catch-22. A catch-22 for sure. Anything else catching uh, your eye in the, uh, in the week? Yeah, I think another big thing is load shedding. Um, our mm. whole thing is back, mm. but it's mm. not mm. just in mm. South Africa. Um, in South Africa, we've got a few issues. I think the big issue this week from ESCOM was reporting a lot of poor performance from Gusile, Duba, and the Tutuba power stations, and um, having some breakdowns and issues there with generation. And we've depleted our emergency generation reserves, which is basically um, the water, uh, the water schemes, pumped water schemes that produce water on an emergency basis. And that means you shift into load shedding. But it's not just us. We've seen Texas as well um, this week plunged into a deep um, period of, of load shedding. Um, so I think this word load shedding might start spreading globally. So they plunged into very deep load shedding, mostly um, blamed on frozen wind turbines because of some cold weather. But also Texas has a very deregulated power market. And this is something in South Africa we've seen a lot of people um, calling for. But this has meant that some of these power companies have held back on maintenance and upgrades, and this has put massive pressure on their grid. We certainly wait to see what's actually going to happen on that front. Hopefully some type of progress can be made. The fact that load shedding has become, you know, a way of life is really, is really, really not uh, the way that things should be. So that's been it uh, with Lebo Pasha, who is the General Manager for Southern Africa at the African Management Institute, giving us a roundup of the week's top trending business and economics news in our business wrap. Um, on the other side of this, we're going to be getting into the Buffalo Index. The Buffalo Index on the Business Buzz. 
Now, it's uh, very hard to, you know, ignore one of the big things that is happening right now, and that is uh, fees must fall. So, on our Buffalo Index for today, I just went out to look at what are we looking at when we say that uh, students are calling for, you know, fees must fall. And according to some of the research out there from uh, top universities, uh, when it comes to tuition fees and uh, living costs in South Africa, um, the average you know, a bachelor's degree student is looking at around uh, 20,000 rand, you know, for Bachelor of Arts, Bachelor of Commerce uh, sort of type degrees. Um, as you become a bit more specialized, particularly in the medical and health science fields, uh, those amounts go up. So that's, uh, you're looking at a cost of around 200 buffaloes. For those that decide that they're going to go to a master's level postgraduate, uh, you're looking at an average of uh, that's uh, 25,000 to 70 thousand rand which is quite a broad range uh, 250 to 700 buffaloes and then uh, you know on the other side of the scale when you look at some of the more elite uh, qualifications out there if you're looking at an MBA for example that will set you back about 1,500 buffaloes so that's been it on the other side of this we get into the main topic on the business buzz welcome back to the business buzz today we are talking about uh, what, uh, you know, vaccination is one of those things that's, uh, you know, the talk of the town, the talk of the country, the talk of the world. But for professionals, for businesses, what does it actually mean uh, for the workplace? And uh, we are going to be talking just around vaccination policies you know for the workplace what does it mean should you be forced uh, should you do it should you not do it are companies gonna mandate it should they not mandate it these are you know uh, questions that are likely uh, you know being asked in a lot of the boardrooms in and around the country and to help us to unpack in this first part of the show uh, we're going to be talking to an HR practitioner uh, around all of what all of this means but before that remember that you can engage Engage with us on Facebook. We are via Femo Voice of Vits. You can also find our other Facebook page that is Vits Radio Academy. And then on Twitter, our hashtag is hashtag business buzz and you can find us at Vow FM. So to get into it, we are joined on the line by Petronella Ngobo, who is a HR practitioner and managing director at Changed uh, Managed Services. Uh, Petronella, greetings to you. Hi, Matua, how are you? Now we're doing all right on this end. You know, before we begin, you know, should we be afraid uh, that we're all going to be made to, uh, you know, take the vaccine in whatever form it's in? And I guess, you know, for someone like you uh, and in your profession, what is the role of ethics, uh, you know, for HR when it comes to, you know, what is likely a difficult question for many people and organizations to actually answer at this time? Um, I think firstly, maybe we should just try and understand the role of HR in an organization. Um, it's mostly the key function of HR is to provide strategic support uh, by managing an employee's life cycle. And by life cycle, I'm talking about the recruitment process, onboarding of new employees, etc. But in order to manage the life cycle of employees, you would have needed to have policies that govern your human resources. Um, ethics, therefore, are guidelines that would shape an organization's human resources. And how you do this is by having a well-documented uh, code of conduct policy or a standard operating procedure, which speaks to ethical standards which an organization would align itself with. 
uh, the fundamental reason for having a policy of such nature uh, is purely based on providing a clear picture on behavior behavior that's expected from employees so as to reduce possibilities of unethical behavior. So in the times that we live in, of course, uh, many employees will be facing uh, various arrays of challenges and pressures which may cause dilemmas, dilemmas of ethical behavior. To give an example of uh, unethical behavior, which is obviously not going to be related to vaccination at this point, but just to give your listeners an understanding or a an example of unethical behavior, take an employee who would do anything to get a promotion, to better the financial prospects in terms of earning a high salary, um, um, who sleeps with someone, um, uh, you know, uh, someone in a position of authority so as to get what they want, which is um, higher increase in salary. But this unethical behavior is not just isolated to the employee themselves, but also the position, uh, the person in the position of authority who has taken advantage of the employee's need. And obviously because people come with different back, come from different backgrounds, um, COVID has also um, impacted um, psychologically how people function. Um, a lot of unethical behavior could arise from all these things that are emanating around us. So HR is then perfectly placed to ensure that uh, the foundations of ethics that are contained in the policy get reviewed in time and then also get workshops with employees so that they have a better understanding of ethical or ethics um, ethics in the workplace. Okay, cool. So when it comes to, you know, some of these infectious diseases uh, like COVID-19, the one that all of us are dealing with at the moment, um, what is usually the, the role of HR? And in that, would you say that there are prescribed ways in which, um, you know, HR has to deal with things, um, you know, across the board? Or do these things tend to be, I guess, company specific? And how have you dealt with it? In your own company okay so generally um, it's not the role of HR to handle infectious diseases the responsibility lies within the occupational health and safety department which would handle matters uh, directly with uh, the compensation for injuries and disease um, abbreviated as COIT so it's an act in itself where um, uh, this organization or this institution is responsible for handling these uh, infectious diseases, including COVID-19. Um, the act would then um, give guidance as to how to handle diseases or injuries in the workplace. In some organizations, you'd find that the HR's role uh, in handling diseases of this nature, like COVID-19, um, would be to basically report um, occupationally acquired COVID-19. Under normal circumstances, um, the Occupational Health and Safety Board would report other diseases that are not related to uh, COVID, uh, but that happen or occur as a result of uh, a person's work or the type of work that the person is doing. We have seen, though, with COVID that the role of HR is increasing, uh, where they have to play a role in assisting employees uh, from a psychological perspective in dealing with um, COVID-19 in the workplace because, as you know, everybody had a, a you know a fight having to go back to work. Um, so HR's role comes in then from an employee wellness perspective to try and put systems in place that will assist employees, uh, you know, in having a better 
uh, work environment um, from a cultural perspective, values and norms perspective. Um, our company uh, specifically has not had any infectious cases um, to process or handle at this point in time, but I have been involved with organizations that have had cases of COVID-19 and provided the necessary guidelines contained in the gazettes that we've been frequently getting every time there'd be an announcement or an involvement of, of COVID-19. Um, so that's basically where we are right now with HR. But I think with time, um, our role as HR practitioners might increase um, should uh, COVID-19 stick with us. So Petronella, you know, given uh, some of the, I guess, legislative, um, you know, frameworks that you've given to us, you know, occupational health, all of that, uh, taking maybe a step back to look at, uh, you know, employers as a whole, um, is it likely or can employers insist that their people get a vaccination um, at the moment? Because, you know, one would think that everyone wants to get vaccinated but for those that do decide that no, you know, I, I don't yet trust what's happening with the vaccine, uh, do you think it will, it's, is it within the purview of employers to, to insist that the employees get vaccinated? No, so look, I think COVID-19 is new to all of us globally, right? There's nothing in legislation at this point in time which implores on employees to take a vaccination for them to return to work. I don't think an employer would implement such a rule when it hasn't even been promulgated or enacted. In my opinion, although an employer who would want to enforce this vaccination on employees uh, before coming back into the workplace, I think they'd be doing it probably from a place of care or safety for other workers. It may be seen as unjust or discriminatory to make such a single-handed rule at this juncture especially when people are still trying to get their head around understanding of vaccination and the side effects it may have. Um, but I think perhaps in the future, as COVID-19 evolves, if, if it does stay with us for some time, vaccination may be made com- compulsory, should uh, there be an opinion that you know, COVID-19 will be, will be like other pandemics like HIV-8. Um, right now, every person who vaccinates is doing it for their safety and those around them, but it's not, it, it has not been made compulsory from a legislative uh, perspective. So there's no employer at this point who I think um, has, a, has, a, has an obligation to themselves um, to, to enforce such a rule or insist um, for, for employees to go get vaccinated uh, prior to returning to work. Um, that said, because I do understand where you're coming from, it's something new and uh, policymakers haven't been, you know, able to really, you know, come to grips with what's going on for them to, um, I guess, update some of the um, employment legislation that's there. But, you know, one day in future, you know, where do you think um, HR processes are going, you know, when it comes to things like recruitment? Um, because, you know, maybe people... Uh, might have to show proof of vaccination before you know you know when you get uh, job requirements sometimes uh, they'll say that you know must have a driver's license and you know things like that uh, are we likely to see a situation where it says you know must have COVID-19 vaccination or you know any other such thing uh, you know going forward in future I think these are the things that you know some people might be you know thinking about in their heads yeah 
Well, I think we've already started witnessing some changes in the recruitment space, and it's mostly um, because of the rise in uh, job seekers since the unemployment rate spiked up due to COVID. Um, some organizations have had to resort to conducting virtual interviews, conducting inductions virtually. Um, most of the things are being done virtually by some institutions at this current moment. And I think it's proven to be a challenge uh, for some HR practitioners and, and recruiters because um, technological advances are not the same. We may be living in this um, digital world, but not everybody's got access to that particular data or Wi-Fi to be able to, um, to, to access, for instance, the job market. Um, so we are seeing a rise in that. And I think the changes in the future in relating to recruitment may be that we may continue to continue uh, to, to conducting uh, recruitment uh, virtually. Um, I think in terms of processes, um, they will remain the same for now uh, in terms of how our policies are structured uh, in conducting recruitment and selection processes. Um, at this point, I think those will remain the same. They may change, though, um, like you said, when you were alluding to uh, passport, maybe presentation to say, I have been vaccinated. I do foresee that, you know, depending on uh, where we go to as a country or maybe globally with COVID, we may um, get to that point where someone had to produce that identification to, to show that they've been uh, vaccinated and policymakers, you know, in institutions uh, would have to then include that and other policies uh, like maybe vaccination of staff members, um, you know, and detailing how it should be done and what is expected from the employee and the employer side. Um, I do see another, um, you know, rise in unemployment, you know, should COVID stick with us. So we almost have to kind of um, get on with the times and, and evolve because of this particular pandemic that we are faced with. Get on with the times and evolve. That is the message coming from uh, Petronella Ngobo, who is uh, an HR practitioner and managing director at uh, Changed uh, Managed Services. And uh, she is giving us some insight into how the HR space has been affected by COVID-19. But more importantly, you know, what is its relation to um, issues around vaccines? And she's saying that um, a lot of it will come down um, to what's going on uh, you know at the moment um, a lot of uh, you know infectious diseases and things like that lie with uh, the occupational health department and uh, what HR can do is to sort of advise the company as an employer uh, but uh, you know going forward uh, she is saying that there have been some changes already uh, when it comes to when it comes to recruitment but she does say that at the moment uh, there's nothing that allows uh, companies to le- to mandate uh, their people to get uh, vaccinated. So that's been it on the other side of this. We continue with this topic around uh, you know vaccinations in the workplace. Uh, where are we? Where are we going to go? What's likely going to happen? Keep it locked. This is the business buzz. You're tuned in to the business buzz. 
We are talking about uh, vaccinations in the workplace. You know, are we going to find ourselves having to carry around certification uh, just to be allowed uh, the opportunity to gain employment in corporate South Africa? And uh, you can let us know your thoughts on Facebook. We have VFM or Voice of Vits. Our other Facebook page is Vits Radio Academy. And then on Twitter, we're at VFM. And then our hashtag is hashtag business buzz. Well, we heard from an HR expert before the break, but right now we want to talk to you know, a legal expert. So on the line, we are joined uh, by uh, Oritonda Rambuda, who is an attorney at uh, Rambuda and Associates uh, to hear about, uh, you know, things from a legal uh, point of view. Oritonda, greetings to you. Now, doing all right on this end. I think, you know, a a good place for us to start is perhaps, um, you know, getting a sense from you because uh, we heard, uh, you know, from an HR point of view uh, before the break. um, Are we, you know, likely to be in a situation where uh, employers can, you know, force uh, their employees to carry around some type of a certification to say that they've had a COVID-19 vaccine? Okay, at the moment in South Africa, there is no law that says uh, employers can force employees to take the vaccine. So unless there is a law, forcing employees to take the vaccine will kind of be illegal. And uh, I guess from that point of view, then, when it comes to, you know, everything that's actually happening right now and in the corporate sense, when it comes to someone like you, where do you guys sort of place yourselves um, as lawyers in terms of uh, just making sure that uh, employees and their rights are protected? Okay, so with regards to that, there are some certain laws that already are in place which protect the employees against forced vaccinations. I don't know if you would like for me to go through them or to just give you a brief about them. No, yes, uh, a brief, just at least so that we can have some understanding, yes. Okay, so I'll just give you some few ones. There is Employment Equity Act, which talks about medical testing. So, according to this act, it says that medical testing of employees in the workplace is prohibited, as permitted by legislation or justified by any medical facts. There's also National Health Act, which talks about consent. So, if an employee has to be given some medical attention, they have to consent to it. There's also the Protection of Personal Information Act, which says that employees' health information can only be accessed by employers in only limited circumstances, which will be, for example, where the employee themselves, they give consent for that um, medical information to be accessed by their employer. You know, as you're talking, it, it's becoming quite clear that, uh, you know, as you said in the beginning, uh, that some of these laws don't, you know, necessarily exist. Uh, but as someone who is in the legal profession, uh, could you maybe give us some insight into um, some of the legal cases that have, you know, started popping up uh, as a result of COVID-19, whether we're talking about uh, issues of sick leave, whether we're talking about unfair dismissal, 
dismissals because you know COVID-19 is new to everyone and you know what's fair and not fair you know sometimes it's a bit hard uh, you know for people to understand So, you see, the most common um, problems that the employees are facing is that their leave days are getting used up. And then when the leave days get used up, the companies refuse to give them paid leave. So they have to use unpaid leave or take other forms of leave, which is family responsibility or annual leave unpaid ones and then when it comes to dismissals there have been a rise of dismissals not necessarily dismissals but mostly the retrenchment which is uh, in a situation where the employees are being dismissed based on operational reasons and because the companies just want to survive the COVID, the financial crisis they are failing to follow the laws that they have to follow. They are taking shortcuts, and by that, they are breaking the laws. And at the end, they dismiss the employees and not give the employees the packages that they're supposed to get in terms of the law. And and from that point of view, if people do find themselves in some of those uh, common situations, like uh, like you have said, uh, what I guess what rights you know does an employer have in such a situation? Because um, a lot of people, you know, once you're fired, they sort of just take it and and leave. They don't really always know what rights they have available to them. So in the event that the employee finds themselves in this unfortunate um, position, they can go to the CCMA, they can declare unfair dismissals, they don't have to do it through a lawyer, they can just go to the CCMA offices themselves and then give them their version of the story. Then the CCMA will do all the necessary steps which is to send a notice to the employer saying, okay, we have your employee, they're saying that you have dismissed them, so can we have a meeting between the two of you and hear your side of the story and decide upon hearing both parties' sides. Now, I know you're not uh, not necessarily a lawmaker, but, uh, you know, someone in the industry. Um, as a follow-up to what you said just now about uh, the leave days um, and then taking, you know, unpaid leave and all of these things that um, end up happening, do you anticipate uh, that we might see a situation where government, you know, does something to, you know, give um, employees some type of recourse because uh, lawmaking processes tend to be you know a bit slow sometimes so mm-hmm. might we see the lawmakers coming to the table later on and saying okay guys you know all of those people who lost out on their leaves we're just going to mandate that they get given i don't know 10 uh you know working uh, working days back uh, just so that we can even out what happened uh during the crisis time it's possible The labor laws are there to protect the rights and the interests of the employees because generally the employers, as the other party, they always have an upper hand and more money to get legal advice and to get all the things that are needed on their side. So that's very much possible, that we might have some laws 
being amended that they cater for this current situation that we are facing. And then finally, um, there is, you know, I guess related to what you've just said now, uh, because of the recent vaccine rollout, some companies may begin uh, trying to change their HR policies so that employees will only be allowed back uh, when once they've been vaccinated. But at the same time, you have people that don't yet trust the the efficacy or the effectiveness of, uh, you know, the vaccines, uh, the so-called uh, anti-vaxxers. Do you, what legal rights, you know, are, are we likely to have, you know, against uh, things like that? Well, I guess keeping in mind that um, currently there are no laws that exist. So the employees, they can refuse the vaccination if there is such a policy. Because there is no law that says, okay, have to be vaccinated to be part of the nation. However, in such refusal, there might be something that might arise. If there is a policy that says, okay, you will be forced to be vaccinated, that takes away that consent that I spoke about the first time. So whatever medical attention that the patient gives, they have to give consent. So that takes that away, which is now the forced one. So they can refuse taking the vaccination, the law allows them to do that. And then if the employer dismisses them or does whatever that they seem to to be fit given that set of facts, then they can also refer the matter to the CCMA for the CCMA to adjudicate upon it. Um, any other advice uh, for employees, you know, or workers out there, you know, just given everything that we've spoken about, whether uh, it's about the vaccine leave days or some of the unfair dismissals that you uh, referred to earlier on? To the employees, it's always wiser to them to, to know about the labor laws and their employers' policies. Because unless they know of size, they will not be aware if their rights are being violated or not. So they need to take it upon themselves to educate themselves about the, the things, the laws and the policies that their employers have. So that they, they will be aware that, okay, now the law says this and this is the, the opposite of that is happening here. So this is violation of my rights. So that's been us uh, with uh, Oritonda Rambuda, who is an attorney, uh, giving us some insight into, you know, the legal aspects of uh, the vaccination uh, debate. She's saying that uh, education is going to be the key uh, because there are a number of uh, issues around uh, COVID-19. Right now we're talking about the vaccine, but she's also highlighted the fact that um, we've seen unfair dismissals, people um, losing out on leave because they've... uh, happen to get sick uh, and all of these issues and she's urging people to go and familiarize themselves um, with the labor law so that they can be protected um, going forward whether or not we're going to see legislation around uh, the vaccinations uh, remains to be seen as she says on the other side of this we come to the end of the show the, the business buzz 
And with that, we've come to the end of the show. Thank you so much to everyone who was listening. Thank you to our guests. I think one of the big messages that's coming through, um, you know, on uh, on two fronts is the fact that uh, education is a big message that uh, is being uh, proposed by, um, you know, both guests from an HR point of view and a legal point of view. Go out learn what the company policies are familiarize yourself with legislation so that you can protect yourself and that you can't get uh, taken advantage of where things are going in terms of uh, vaccinations themselves at the moment no one at least in south africa there's no legal basis for it uh, but uh, it's very I'm going to call it within the realm of a possibility, you know, that we're going to find ourselves in situations where you do need to carry around some type of certification to say that um, you have been vaccinated. Earlier on, I spoke about uh, traveling to countries um, in places like East Africa. You know, you can't get onto the flight, you know, from South Africa without um, proving that you have a yellow yellow fever vaccine, for example, right? And where it comes to COVID-19, something that is affecting the entire world it is realistic to expect that employers organizations schools um you know places of dining restaurants etc are going to start expecting that type of thing going on in what form it's going to be in remains to be seen is it going to be a nice looking yellow card is it going to be you know an implanted chip for all the conspiracy theorists out there or is it going to simply be just a small you know metal id uh, that shows that you've had the vaccination in whatever form it is it's uh, likely to be something that uh, we're realistically going to see but we're keen to hear what you think on facebook we have our fm of voice of vits our other facebook page is vits radio academy and then on twitter we're at vowfm and then our hashtag is hashtag business buzz let us know what you think have you been vaccinated do you want to be vaccinated would you carry around some type of certification you can also stream us live that's vowfm.co.za um, uh, and remember that podcasts of the business buzz show are available on vits.journalism.co.za forward slash business otherwise you can find us on the major platforms that is spotify apple apple Podcasts, together with the google podcast so that's been it and we've come to the end of the team thank you so much uh, to our amazing team our technical producer is kutlano serame uh, together with our executive producer gloria mabuza thank you to our amazing team that also includes our producers that is lindley Musibi and uh, Tando Trimba together with uh, you know a new member to the team that is a Siabonga Mota. Welcome to the team, and uh, yeah, so that's been it for today. Uh, don't miss the business, but same time, same place next week uh, for more insight into the world of business. Don't turn that down. There's more great content coming up on the Val FM lineup. So for myself, Mdio Mob, Justice Kabaza, and the rest of the team, it is take care. The Business Business Bus with Mudiwa Mokshastas Kabaza. The Business Bus Podcast.